Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Friday, May 6th. We are live from New York City with another Decent Recap. I'm here with Matthew Blumberg. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, I'm dusting off the old resume, you know. The I'm, old uh, resume is coming out. <laughs> I'm getting ready to apply to some jobs. It's uh, bear market season right now. Yeah. You know? I'm going to sell the bottom. You're going to sell the bottom? <laughs> sell the bottom by taking a normie job right now. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bad play, you know. This is literally the meme, you know. Are you one of those guys that quit your job at the top in November to go full-time Web3? I quit my job, I think, 10 days after the Bitcoin all-time high in November. Yeah, uh, it was pretty bad. That's legendary, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, dude, Web3 is the future, man, for like 10 more days. For 10 more days. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you don't get your NFT project out in the next 10 days, it's over. <laughs> As it's, Kobe says, we should have known it was done when they started selling us literal bridges (laughs) (laughs) anyways how wrecked is your portfolio matt oh man are you Uh, down bad well i mean in the real world or in our in our draft challenge I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> Wait, did you buy your <laughs> I bought my portfolio. I thought that, that that's the game we're playing. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to go all in on your portfolio, I right? would have included staples as an option had I known. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I know. Yeah, we should do a draft where it's all just staples. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, which stable do you think will survive? <laughs> uh, so for the listener that does not know, we did a top 30 coins draft where out of the top 30, we each picked 10 for the next one year and we're going to track each portfolio so matt has a portfolio i have a portfolio and there's a third portfolio which none of us picked the remaining the remaining 10 the the remaining 10 called the fomo portfolio how are we doing this week the formal portfolio continues to dominate. Wow. This is how bad we are at trading. This is why we named it the FOMO portfolio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> we started this challenge about a week ago. The formal portfolio is down by 7%. It's by far the best. I am down 9.64%. You are down 10.77%. Holy shit. How am I underperforming you considering your first pick was ApeCoin? My first number one pick was buying ApeCoin at the top. <laughs> now it's it's down 43% this week. Wow. <laughs> you know why? It's because I also bought Algorand, which is even on the week. Do you know why Algorand is pumping? I have no idea. Algorand has a partnership with the Women's World Cup. There's no reason there's no reason for that to pump. Who I, sees that news and is like, whoa, Women's World Cup Algorand? Look, that's what that's what you think, but like also, do we know anyone that would ever buy Algorand? Like maybe this is a big deal for these people. Did this person that would buy Algorand? <laughs> one guy. Do we know anybody who would buy most of these things in our portfolios? Um, well, let's talk about the top performer uh, in, oh, the, yes. in the FOMO portfolio, because uh, this is the epitome of do we know anyone that would buy this? Actually, I do. The number one performer in all the top 30 for this week is Tron, TRX, 30% up. 30% up in this market? What the fuck? What, what is your reason for this? Do uh, they also have a partnership with the Women's World Cup? <laughs> yeah, man. Women's World Cup is not exclusive. Uh, <laughs> get your biz dev people working now. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's uh, it's their Algo stablecoin. Uh, they, they are doing like a Luna style thing, Whoa. right? Um, USD. What's it called? 
USDD? I thought that's what it was called. Yeah, oh, God. USDD. I'm out of the loop on this, dude. You're out of loop I see loop? Tron and I don't follow. Remember, like, right around when we dropped the Luna episode, uh, it was, like, uh, shortly thereafter, people were uh, pontificating I definitely about, remember this. About, I remember like, Justin uh, Sun tweeting about it. Yeah, that's what this is. Uh, so they so their their Algo stablecoin launched yesterday, mm. um, and so uh, like the the best rationale for any positive price movement in Tron, you know, this week has been kind of the the lead up to that. Uh, I see. My question for you is, like, okay, so it's taking a step back. Uh, usually in a bear market, like good news doesn't really move token prices mm-hmm. up, right? Like, look at Polygon. Like they partnered with Stripe. Stripe handles every payment right yeah. like they're they're massive uh yeah. and that didn't move the token at all really. polygon um, nice 15 percent down this week yeah um so like uh so my question for you is uh is the market for tron actually that illiquid that like the demand to buy it can push the price up like is that actually what we're seeing here yes. or like are people just latching onto the narrative because they need a narrative at all ever I would say if you're thinking about the Tron market cap and the supply and the liquid supply especially, it's probably one group that controls, I don't know the percentage, but a very large mm. portion of the supply, which is like Justin Sun and all the his insiders, right? Right, right. So if you look at <clears throat> the actual liquid supply, not counting that insider group, it's probably very small. And... You know, with the float that's out there, maybe some kind of retail picks that up and just apes into it. Market buys and crosses the spread and it moves the price. Market uh, buys, yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's also just these kinds of partnerships that he's putting together where you need the Tron token to, you know, to mint more of the stablecoin, right? Like a Luna type mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so maybe that's buy pressure coming in. From people that want to mint the exactly. stablecoin. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They'll want to mint the stablecoin. They'll, I'm sure, have some kind of anchor type protocol where you can get 20%. Knowing Justin Sun, it's probably like 20.420% just because he loves that shit. <laughs> so uh, what what is Tron? Dude, I don't know at all. You don't know? I think oh, it's I just thought... a fake L1 that he created. Is it EOS level? Like they never even launched a product? Or like there is an L1, right? There like, is an there, actual there, L1 Are there blocks? Sure. Is there a blockchain? Uh, yeah, there is a blockchain. What's funny is that, okay, I do know what Tron is, obviously. It's, yes, it's an know, L1. You know more than me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just an L1, right? It's a copy pasta. Uh, transaction fees are super, super low. I don't know very much about the architecture and all that kind of stuff. But they have now become, I think, the number two chain supporting USDT. Hmm. Because Ethereum fees were so high that Tether moved a lot of their uh, volume over to Tron. Oh, interesting. So that was super interesting. I think they lost a lot of it because like a lot of it, uh, Tether volume actually went to Solana. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> but they do have an actual blockchain. It's been around for a long time. $8 billion market cap. Interesting. Time to buy. Mm. It's up 30%. Never been a better time to buy. Look, as they say, all-time high is the best time to buy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in general, though, what are your takeaways on this market? Is this just goblin town everywhere? It obviously is on altcoins, but I guess just... Oh, oh, 
is that macro corner? Oh no! Is that, is that what I hear? Is that macro corner? Macron Did we have corner. Macron corner? Did we have FOMC last week? FOMC is a meme. <laughs> FOMC is fud, bro. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, nothing really significant there. Um, I had I had a quick thought. Okay. So um, I was thinking about uh, like uh, you know, there's like a few collections like NFT collections that are doing their art reveals, and that's usually accompanied by like a drop in the price, right? Uh, yeah. Do you think it's a bad idea to have your art revealed the week of an FOMC meeting? Oh, God. We're getting way too meta like, about like this. Do, do NFT projects need macro people? <laughs> it just do you seems think like it a, does? It seems like a bad idea for the playbook. Look right? at the Ragnaroks. They're doing so well. They, yeah, but they haven't dropped their art yet. Um, oh, true. Yeah, whereas like Beans, you know, released their art yesterday. Um, yeah, but I think like, the art just sucks. Well, the art wasn't great. But... Look, this is how degenerate this podcast is. I try and talk about the FOMC for 30 seconds and we go straight into uh, some beans. JPEGs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real quick, let's go back. FOMC, this man just says 50 basis points uh, increase, pretty expected. Um, Broader question, just markets in general. What do you think now? Like, is it just Goblin Town everywhere? Are we pricing in the rate increases? Like, to your actual question here, like, how, like, what world do we live in where, you know, the 50 basis point increase, which everybody knows is coming, impacts the market on some JPEGs? Like, that, that is the most insane world to me because obviously they have nothing to do with each other. Right? Like, you have to go, like, 28 steps deep. Say, like, okay, the Fed raises rates, so uh, interest rates across the board go up. People are, you know, thinking about their capital in different ways. People are not going to buy equities. People are uh, not going to buy crypto. <clears throat> like, you have to really go deep there, right? I, like, I just don't see that, right? It just seems like fear and... I don't know, like, are we getting close to a bottom, dare I, mean, I say? I've been saying we've been getting close to a bottom for, like, <laughs> for like since since Bitcoin's all-time high dropped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, true. Right? Uh, I, I do think so, though, right? Like, you can imagine, like, what if they had said, like, what if the next inflation print comes out and it's lower than the last one, mm -hmm. and the Fed says maybe we only need 25? Yeah. I mean, anecdotally, you can kind of feel inflation tapering off. You right. think so? Uh, yeah, definitely. You don't think so? I don't know. I was like looking to renew my lease the other day. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it really is 7.5%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that I've seen go up to as high as 300%. Yeah, <laughs> that's an altcoin. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. What, what am I supposed to call the bottom of the market here? Like, that's not what this podcast is for. This podcast is to talk about Jewel. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, man. Jewel, not looking good. Um, why don't we... We can we can save it for later so that we'll we don't, save we don't Jewel lose talk. our listener. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so Goblin Town. Yeah. You're saying no? Uh, kind of close to a bottom? Well, yeah, I don't fucking know, man. What am I supposed to, like, fucking trade macro? Like, uh, I've just always thought that, like attempting to time the broader macro market is just the easiest way to shoot yourself in the foot, right? Like, feels like coin toss to me. Like, what I like about crypto markets is that they're, like, super inefficient in some places because you don't have a lot of attention. 
macro is like god everyone's looking at the fucking rates right like everyone's looking at the yield curve like everyone's looking at the s&p like i really trying to trade like s&p futures here it's been yeah. the most frustrating part about being part of the space uh in the last six months i would say is that like you're basically just making a trade on the s&p every single day right like uh unless you're going like super liquid small cap stuff that has mm-hmm. like you know token specific news yes uh, what do you think? Are we at the bottom? When's the bottom? When bottom? When bottom? Look, I'm not an expert here. I think Dow, <laughs> the Dow Jones Index. The Dow Jones Index. <laughs> when it pushes up at 30K or goes below 30K, that's my bottom call, bro. We're at 32.8 right now. We're at 32.8. So, what was the high? Ooh, let's see. All-time high on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Where It was probably around December, right? Uh, yeah, November, I think, November, dude, it fully coincided with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, the exact same, right? Or okay, maybe it was see. like a month delayed, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my guess is around 36, 37K. Uh, um, so that's a cool 20-something percent. 36,600-ish, 30, so basically close to 37,000. down if it hits 30, and then you think that's the bottom? Yeah, somewhere around there, it seems about right problem with the Dow is it's price weighted right and so like if like did, did you uh, listener did you know the third biggest stock in the Dow by weight is Home Depot and why is that uh, because it has the highest share price or the third highest share price out of the 30 companies that Dude, have been this was, manually selected for this index this was insane to me when you told me like I knew the Dow Jones was like a small group of companies like all big companies, 30 companies. I just assumed it was the top 30 companies uh, by market cap <laughs> turns out it's an arbitrary list of 30 companies and they're weighted by price of share not yeah. by market cap, not by anything like that. Literally just a group of, I don't know, probably old white dudes just picks these 30 companies and it's like, who has the highest price? Yeah. We're just so. going to make that the biggest uh, company. Number one is United Health Group or something. Yeah, United Health Group. Number two, uh, I forgot. Number uh, three is Home number Depot. Number two is Goldman Sachs. Gold- <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of fits with the old white dudes picking the, picking the Classic. narrative, right? Um, yeah. Uh, num- and here's like one interesting uh, thing what was it like uh, Salesforce is at a weight of like half of that of Microsoft even though it has like five percent of the actual market cap of Microsoft unbelievable uh, if you do if you do a token split if you do a <laughs> if you do a share split uh, you uh, split your weight in the Dow hmm. in the Dow uh, index uh, wow! And just like, just like that, right? That uh, is unreal. Yeah, this is the most bullshit fucking. Ind- That's why you were like, "Oh, Dow goes to 30. I'm like, I, I have literally no idea what that is because I've never paid a single like minute of attention to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, it's insane that the number one thing that most like normal retail investors track is just this arbitrary list of the dumbest criteria and the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest like, waiting sorting scheme. and oh yeah, waiting. So stupid. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, fuck all that, dude. It's all a meme. It's all a meme. What really matters is the board apes. Yes. 
things like you know that are substantial building real world things like yeah, let's, land let's talk about real world value not this not these bullshit yes, like exactly. index metrics these yeah. index metrics yeah yeah you ever seen an index man? yeah you ever seen an index no <laughs> but you can see metaverse land yeah you can see jpegs you can uh. see the other side <laughs> so let's talk i'll be here all about... night folks <laughs> we're gonna work on the jokes uh can we can you give me a rundown of like uh i'm just fully like checked out of the board ape ecosystem okay what, what is the what is this land thing okay so board apes if you're living under a rock or whatever board ape yacht club biggest collection by far made by yuga labs they now own crypto punks as well and larva labs so big nft project launched last year their main collection is the board ape yacht club they have a couple of spin-off collections, the Mutant Ape Yacht Club and the Kennel Board Ape Kennel Club. Um, so they are expanding their metaverse. They've raised tons and tons of money from big investors, from uh, their community. They've, um, <clears throat> let's see. now. Yeah, so the company that did this, they raised money from Andreessen Horowitz recently? Yeah, yeah they raised from Andreessen like, like $4 billion. $4 billion, wow. Yeah. Uh, um, then they announced recently that they're uh, creating this thing called The Other Side. Um, it is a series of movies. Uh, it's going to be a full-on metaverse. Um, it's like going to integrate with other NFT projects too. They have like the doodles involved. Um, so they have a bunch of things planned. Their vision, just from what they've announced publicly, is extremely ambitious they want to build out this whole thing they want to build the board ape metaverse to be like one of the main properties or uh kind of venues in the metaverse right like it's it's this whole brand but it's also this like all-encompassing kind of media group right so their vision is very ambitious and the latest thing that they did was they had these other deeds which are plots of land in their board ape uh, metaverse so these are scarce plots you had to have either a certain amount of the ape coin you had to have a board ape or a mutant ape or i think a kennel i, I i'm not sure on the kennels uh hmm. to confirm but so you have to have one of these nfts or a certain amount of or a certain amount it was token. 305 ape coin so it's like at that point it was like it ran up to like 20 bucks like six grand that seems like the cheapest way to get in easily this. the cheapest way to get in that's why the price of ape coin went ham that mm, week it was like it went up like 45 percent that week right yeah yeah so that was mostly people buying like a lot of new money came into the ecosystem because of this land drop because people were like this is something that i recognize this is a brand that i know i've seen all these celebrities post apes as their profile pictures and like this is an opportunity for me to get in on the ecosystem and like actually be able to get this land i can do it for a pretty reasonable price point 305 ape coin versus the 140 eth that a board ape costs or like 30 that a mutant costs or like even seven that a kennel clock uh costs yeah um and like uh you know someday 
a board ape at 150 ETH or whatever will be like uh, less than six grand, but um, <laughs> but today it's not. Uh, That'll be next week. Next yeah. Week. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. So. And then how does it work? Like, uh, do you just sign up and say hi? I, I here's proof that I have the asset. Please give me the land, or do you have to pay for the land, or what? So not only did you have to do that, you also had to KYC yourself. Oh, interesting. Yes. And this became a whole <laughs> hot topic. People were like, yo, why do you need to KYC me to have some metaverse land, bro? Um, then secondary so you markets. You your metaverse land taxes, of yes, course. Yes, exactly. They're going to charge you. Um, so then after that, a bunch of these like secondary markets started popping up um, to sell KYC profiles to have the opportunity to mint land for people who didn't want to KYC themselves. So you're saying I will KYC myself I, and put your address in there under yeah. my under my identity uh, if you pay me a little bit in ETH or whatever? I don't know the exact mechanics of how the uh, KYC like transfer worked, but it was basically, or like the KYC process worked, whether it was like one wallet and they would like either just like transfer like the full amount of ape coin and just like give them the private key to that wallet or whatever i guess um, you couldn't do it that way because sharing private keys like then the original owner has it so you you write um yeah it would that's have to true be, it, you'd have to like transfer like it out immediately or something uh maybe yeah or maybe you just put their wallet address in. honestly yeah. i just didn't care enough to look at the mechanics yeah like, that I wasn't, wasn't that wasn't this. the crazy part that's sorry not, i got, I got yeah, sidetracked yeah um, exactly um that's so, wild though, yeah. I, I did see that, that like a lot of people were either too lazy to KYC or like they didn't want to. Yeah, it's pretty and... antithetical to this crypto stuff where <laughs> it's like the whole idea is you have one wallet and you can do whatever you want. Dude, Bored Apes is making three movies with Coinbase and you're telling me this is the part that where you started to realize this ecosystem was antithetical to this yeah. crypto stuff. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then the next part is they decided to have this be a fixed price. Okay. Uh, so you still, once you did all of that, you have to have the ape coin or the, you know, the ape or whatever okay. just to be eligible. Okay. Then you have to KYC yourself. Okay. Then you have to actually pay the price to mint one. Right. And you so, pay, is that payable in ETH or in ApeCoin? It was payable in ApeCoin. Okay, so they're kind of following through on their vision here where ApeCoin is the currency of their metaverse, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So um, do, you, do you know how much it was in, in ApeCoin or dollar terms? It was 1.5 ETH, I believe. <laughs> uh so at the time that was what like four and a half grand something four like and that. a half grand yeah yeah uh worth of ape coin and so if you have six thousand worth of ape coin you can you you do have like enough ape coin to, yeah. to buy a plot right okay. right so then there was a bunch of drama that happened this thing did not go well these guys decided at the very last second to change the fixed price to a dutch auction their whole thing from the beginning has been Dutch auctions are a Ponzi. We hate Dutch auctions. Basically, what happened is you, for a quick little history lesson here, last April, NFT market starts popping off. There's a lot of generative artwork. There's a lot of like experiments. Um, not too many PFPs, but every project or a lot of projects went the Dutch auction route. What a Dutch auction is, 
it's basically you have to pay a ton of money initially up front or like okay basically the pricing uh works like this it'll start at a price of let's say five eth as time goes on it decreases in price by like 0.1 eth every 10 minutes let's say and then there'll be a resting price of one eth at the very end at, at the end of the auction or until it like mints out right and board apes were like, dude, this is a this is a Wait, Ponzi. So, uh, so people place bids uh, over. There's time. no bids. You have to you have to buy it. You buy it at, that, at price. that price. So let's say the thing starts right now at 2 p.m. at 5 ETH. Ten minutes from now, it'll be at 4.9 unless somebody buys it at five. Wow. And then there's like one less uh, left in the collection, and it's still at five. And so it can right. mint out whenever. Yeah, but, it can mint out uh, at any time. Well, wow, so these are two competing FOMOs, right? This is the FOMO that, like, I might not get one yeah. if I wait until it hits the yeah. resting price. Or I might pay too much. Yeah, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so basically Bored Apes were like, this whole thing is just a Ponzi. Like, why, this why, is, why is it a Ponzi? Do you follow that logic? Uh, No, I don't. I, I actually don't. It uh, feels like a sort of a fair-ish price discovery mechanism, right? Uh, like, what are people willing to pay for this? Yeah, I mean, I think it works in some cases for, like, very small collections, those kinds of things, but not for, not necessarily for bigger ones, for, like, mm -hmm. 10,000, you know? Because they all sell out at the top, or what? Uh, yeah, they could sell out at the top, or just, like, a lot of people get screwed who bought in early. Okay. Like, in general, it's, like, these people are the early, early adopters who are, like, really trying to support you, and then, like, let's say it doesn't mint out or whatever, and then... Then they sort of like uh, yeah, feel, uh, like uh, rage. Yeah, <laughs> um, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so the whole idea behind this being their thing from the beginning has been Dutch auctions are a Ponzi. I think it's on their website. Dutch auctions are a Ponzi. Um, <laughs> Dutch auctions. So they're are going Ponzi against that, right? <laughs> they did a flat price mint for the an original board apes point zero eight ETH. That was like a new thing at the time. Everybody was pretty hyped on that. Hmm. So this thing, they decided at the very last minute to go from fixed price to Dutch auction. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> now, they, you know, just want it to be funny. I don't know. They're trolling. They set the Dutch auction price to go from 1.5 ETH to 1.5 ETH. Oh, my God. What? So, yeah. So, you know, every time somebody's trying to mint this, you're going and doing a bunch of extra computation uh, to go through with this. Yeah. They also had just like no gas optimizations in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw, I saw some people like the day after on Twitter posting like, Hey man, I spent like an hour just mm -hmm. trying to like clean up this contract here and I could have saved you like half the gas at yeah. least like if not more. Yeah. Um, so just to give some rough numbers around this, the mint itself raised Yuga labs around $320 million. Okay. In like the few hours, right? Just from the land drop. And the gas spent just to mint, just the gas was around like $150 million. At some point, people were spending like two or three ETH to get in the, gas, just in gas. To buy something at 1.5. To buy something ETH. at 1.5. Wow. Yeah. What? It basically destroyed the whole ETH network for a little bit, Ethereum network for a little bit. Yuga Labs had this whole like post mortem tweet like right after, basically like not even apologizing I mean, at it all. Didn't, well, sorry, backing up. 
Ethereum continued to function. Of course, it always continues to function. It just okay. It did not break Ethereum. It broke the fee market, in the uh, sense it didn't that it break just the fee market. The it fee just, market continued to function as intended. As okay, well. okay, okay. When I say break, this is all just like a little well, kind of no, so like. There's a, an important distinction here before because when we get to the tweet, we'll we'll have to talk about this. Everything worked, right? Yeah. Uh, but holy shit, two to three ETH to to mint an NFT is nuts. So yeah. the average gas price these days is around 50, 60. Uh, the unit is Gwei. Gwei. Um, and it's like G-Way. Way is like the unit. G-Way is like the... Gigaway. Gigaway. Yep. Uh, so uh, like, uh, you know, they've been hovering around 50, 60. Uh, like uh, last year, there were periods when like uh, the market was going up. They'd hit, it would hit like 150 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this at one point brought it to, what was it? 3,000 3, Gwei. 3,000 Gwei. Uh, which is just insane. Absolutely to, to insane. Think about yeah. And so why why did it uh, happen so quickly? Were there so did they just not have enough pots for the number of eligible people? Um, they did not exactly. They <sighs> KYC'd a bunch of people. They thought they basically told everybody, "Hey guys, don't worry. Like it, everybody's going to get one. Like there's not going to be any kind of issue." And it turns out a ton of people did not get one. Like oh my you had God. to basically be a sophisticated. Uh, like Ethereum user, and you had to pay a ton of gas just to be able to get one. Wow. Um, which a ton of people still did, but a lot of new entrants were complaining that they wanted to get in for the very first time into this ecosystem, even into the space, and they got first NFT, completely priced out. They figured out. out what MetaMask is, and then yeah. it turns out they just don't have a spare three ETH sitting in their wallet to pay yeah. these gas fees. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So let's talk about the tweet then, the postmortem. So Yuga Labs has this whole postmortem where they're talking about how you know, oh, we're sorry for breaking the Ethereum network. We, you know, this is basically like the reason that we need to launch our own blockchain to host all of this stuff. We can't use Ethereum. This is like a fundamental problem of Ethereum. Um, and we encourage the Ape DAO to like explore this option as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they said afterwards that if your transaction failed, they're going to, like, refund uh, the failed transaction gas fees, Mm -hmm. uh, which they have started to distribute out. But it doesn't make up for the fact that even if you did buy, like, you just to buy one, you have to pay three three Ethan gas at at certain times. Not always, but at certain times. So, um so what happened? Uh, let's let's talk about um, some of the aftermath from the community. Like, what did what did people think about how this was all handled? Oh, people were really pissed. People hated the response more than anything. People were like, "This is just some like gaslighting, basically, that you're doing to launch your own chain to even raise more money." Like, what you know, like what what was the point of raising all that money if you're not gonna even like hire smart contract engineers to optimize your contracts? Dude, I mean, one engineer, right? One like, engineer, man. Like, like what, what I, is you could have written like, a way better contract. Dutch auction, yeah. Mechanism, like so just stupid. set a price, right? So like, stupid. it's a Dutch auction that has one price. Uh, that that's like, uh, that that's either acting out of like malice, right? Uh. Or out of uh, like a complete lack of understanding of Ethereum at all, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like Board Apes has like or Yuga Labs has has done 
things on chain like they don't have a complete lack of understanding right they've done airdrops uh they 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 have done stuff they've issued an erc20 like they know how the blockchain works a little bit Mm -hmm. uh so you can't say that this was out of complete ignorance it it has to be out of malice is is my takeaway that's what a lot of people have been saying and i like can't say i disagree man like it feels pretty scummy like oh yeah like let's put this terrible contract in that like is going to suck up like so much computation purposelessly right like with a with a joke like with a gag yeah just to joke around like uh like i I get being playful on chain here but like that's not what that was right uh like um especially after calling dutch auctions a ponzi and then throwing it in there like that's just not even funny um like so what happened to the prices of all of the like collections? What's crazy is that the Board Ape Yacht Club actually held pretty well. It's still hovering around 130, 140. It did get up to like 150, so I guess it crashed a little bit, 10, 15%, which I guess NFT land, that's not much, but ApeCoin really got destroyed. ApeCoin yeah. is down a nice 40% in the last <sighs> seven days. Wow. Uh, been affecting my portfolio been affecting my uh <laughs> self-respect Self-esteem. Uh, yeah, look yourself in the mirror and say yeah. my first pick yes, was Ape Coin. i was this might be the uh greg odin of crypto picks for <laughs> in case our one listener is an nba guy um yeah man what everything about Jamarcus got, russell jamway there we go oakland raiders baby <laughs> where he like uh this was the this he was the guy, like first first round pick he was the number one pick number one pick he comes back uh, like to go to training camp in like the summer and he's fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like not even playing. Right? I mean, he was just yeah. not a good prospect to begin <laughs> with. The draft experts got uh, just tantalized because apparently this guy had such a strong arm that he could go on two knees and throw the ball 70 yards. Wow. Yeah. And they were like, wow, this is the strongest guy we've ever seen. We need to draft him. It's like, well, he can't throw accurately at all he sucks <laughs> like he's not good and now he's fat and then, yeah he came back with like a like a big attitude thing right like yeah uh, exactly uh, we're talking about ape coin here <laughs> um, so uh but then also like notable members of the like board ape like holder community also came out and said something to this effect of like yo man i don't like the way that the direction that the, the project and and it's like the people running it are, are going yeah like the this is clearly a a big cash grab to try to launch their own layer one tons of people have scummy like yeah tons of people have exited um you know what do you think uh bullish or bearish dude i was so bullish before this drop i mean it you can't be more bullish than making it your number one pick what was the what was the bull case on the i'm talking just broader ape ecosystem like oh for sure like i was like uh let's sketch out the thought process a little bit i think it's interesting to like uh, dude definitely okay my thought process on why i was bullish you mean yeah okay i was bullish because they to me like everything i said on the pod go listen to the pod listener but the reason is that they're building this ecosystem right and this is clearly the future that everybody is trying to build and they've already got this rabid community that a lot of people want to be a part of and are going to pay a ton of money to be a part of and it was really the honestly the same thought that they had i think which is like let's get more people into the ecosystem in different ways you know we got the coin now we have the land now i'm sure there will be different kinds of characters when they have the movie and when they have all these other things coming out 
So new ways to join the ecosystem, right? And then the coin is the fundamental piece of all of that, where it's like you need this amount of coin to be able to be eligible for the next thing. And, you know, like I just thought they were going to experiment with it in different ways that were really cool. And it seemed like they were, you know, kind of in touch with a lot of like different aspects of the community, too. And so this is but, the, this is the vision of like this metaverse like, absolutely. thing, but uh, but they had like the community and hype and excitement and like sort of a social consensus that like, exactly. this metaverse may matter exactly. And so like, a lot of metaverse projects like they kind of lack that social consensus that like this one is an important one. Yep. And so the thing that we've seen in the history of crypto is that you know retail tends to flock to the kind of newest thing that's retail centered, right? And like the retail thing now is like the metaverse right and apecoin to me was just positioned so well to be the new like retail coin like basically this is what i said on the pod like this is like it's gonna be the next dogecoin you know you picked dogecoin as one of your oh, your number one pick was dogecoin yeah it sure was uh and my number one pick is apecoin i was basically saying like look this is gonna be the next dogecoin and i still think that it could maybe still could be but definitely could have been before they blundered this so badly like this is clearly like a violation of the community of like just crypto principles in general like there are no principles in crypto right like but if you're gonna rug just rug like don't be this bullshit like we're gonna raise tons of money and then like try and say that we need to do this to make our own chain all this kind of stuff like everybody knows what a good rug is you know like don't try and play this, play both sides Don't here. Don't try and be coy about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like, either rug or try and build the actual thing you want to build. Like, don't say, like, don't play these games with us. Like, they, they treated the crypto community with just such a level of stupidity. Like condescension. Yeah, almost, condescension, right? for sure. That's the perfect word. It's like, no, man. Like, don't treat me like an idiot. Like, we all, you know, we've all been here before. I so. might be an ape, but I'm not an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole idea of an ape is that we're apes together, like, you know? Um, so One nation under apes. I'm not even part of this ape thing, but even I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow, man. Yeah. Words, words to live by. If you're going to rug, just rug. If you're going to rug, Either just rug. rug or build the fucking thing you yeah. told us you were going to Yeah, build. yeah, yeah. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> words to live by. Anything um, else on the apes? Man, uh, you know, I'm just probably pretty bearish on the ecosystem. I was bearish to begin with, and mm-hmm. here's why. Um, the It's like uh, a lot of people make this point about Bitcoin, uh, which is that it was like a fair launch, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, and the token distribution is really good as a result, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, for a while, anybody could, you know, mine Bitcoin on a laptop, and then they could mine them with GPUs, and then they could mine them with um, FPGAs, and then ASICs. There was enough time for people to accumulate a fair amount of Bitcoin before it got like much more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think has like a really important impact on the way that it's perceived, and I think you saw this with with Dogecoin and then Shiba Inu, right? Where it was like cheap enough to get in relative to the like future volatility. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, it was a very like community driven, almost like a GameStop, AMC, Wall Street bets kind of thing, where like people could get behind it, right? Everybody was wag me, getting rich together, right? Yeah. Uh, it felt much more community driven. With the apes, it feels much more elite, right? Uh, you have like the like I, I think celebrity endorsements is really like a nail in the coffin for this for this like everyday person, you know, making it by having an ape kind of thing. Um, and so like, to me, this is why like the Wall Street bets crowd 
isn't going to watch a movie about the apes. Yeah. Right? Because they're like, well, I missed out on that. And, like, not, not only celebrities can get in. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's fully uh, inaccessible. That's uh, true. And, and so the whole elitism there, uh, I think, really, like, shined through th- during this uh, this land drop, right? It's like, oh, you have to KYC to get in. You have to own something in the... And, like, six grand is, like, a lot of money for some people, right? Oh, for uh, sure. Couldn't just get in with, like, a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, then you have to fucking pay three ETH because they wanted to, like... Because they couldn't bother to, like, fucking optimize their smart contract at all. And they, yeah. like, they wanted to put a stupid little joke in about Dutch auctions that, like, nobody even, you know, found funny. Um, like... The, the whole thing is just very like el- elitist right uh there was no way there's no way to participate in the upside of the ape ecosystem short of buying the token and how could you buy a token when like you know the next time the devs do something it's down 40 percent yeah i think you're right man you've uh bear pilled me yeah. on yuga um, now this is what I th- this is why I'm bullish on Azuki's though, right? Uh, because yeah, is... they're they're following a similar ish playbook, right? Where they're but building the opposite. Well, they're building new products for people and all of that, right? Uh, like the uh, they they clearly have like technical competence, right? And they demonstrate that a lot on yes. chain with like their ERC seven two one A. They're playful in a fun way, yeah. right? Uh, you know, like they change the metadata, they do whatever, like um, you know. They understand the tech and their contracts are very good uh, to the point where like if you want to make like an NFT that like where you can update the metadata like I would personally I would copy paste the Azuki one right mm-hmm. uh, so like uh, I just think like broadly there's something to be said for like this building of a world with different tiers of access where like if you want or if you're early or if you're like uh, like well off enough, you can participate in the the blue chip, the flagship sort of NFT, uh, and then like having it's the same thing you see from like most retailers, right? Like they have you know top tier, right? And they have like mid tier, uh, and then you have like a like a lower end one that like anybody can access, yeah. And uh, you know stylistically, they're all kind of similar, but uh, it, it provides more entry points and access. For sure. To build out this ecosystem yeah. where like, or one company can... will have different brands yeah exactly uh and so like uh uh i'm bullish on the idea that like you can have a metaverse that is differentiated by its branding by its image by the way that you construct the uh on ramps right uh but I, i'm just bearish on the execution from you guy here man yeah bearish i'm bearish too god mm-hmm. my portfolio is so wrecked this year by the dip i don't know speaking of bearish man we're introducing a new segment today it's time to bring out the violins we're getting sad matt we're getting sad we're writing obituaries it's time for the obits the obits who died, Matt? Oof. Man, this one this one hits hard, right? Uh, because I had some dust sitting in, in this in this cryptocurrency. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, let's pour one out. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to mourn the loss of an alt layer one that touched all of our lives. Phantom. Phantom was always just riding in the background of this layer one narrative. 
it always it had the makings of something that could be great. It had all the potential in the world. It had a rabid community. It started to become a cult towards the end of its life. It had some big, big partners, some big, big groups getting involved. It might have been the CIA chain. Nobody really knows. It had the right level of scams. It had some good branding around its name. It was riding the spooky season wave for quite some time. It had Andre. It had Daniele. Phantom was trying to build for us. A truly community-driven chain, Phantom hosted nothing but the finest copy-pastes of apps that were already live on Ethereum. Phantom's whole goal was to make the fees just low enough where you could use it, but just high enough to be annoying that every transaction still pissed you off just a little bit because it was slower than Solana. More expensive than More Solana. expensive than Solana. But the chain usually worked, and it had good Ponzi's. Phantom was trying to be everything for everybody. Not a lot of people can say that. Trying to be but, everything for everybody. What a misstep. What a misstep. So, but today we must lay Phantom to rest. Pivoting to a bit of schadenfreude. What happened? Dude, this is actually a pretty interesting story. I'm actually surprised that you weren't more all over this. But, okay, so the general breakdown of this story is... One of these whales on Phantom, allegedly, right, had a massive uh, position open, uh, levered position, uh, that was basically about to get liquidated yeah. uh, so they, for $50 so they million. Borrowed, they borrowed, uh, like, stablecoins, I guess, mm-hmm. against their Phantom collateral. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was to the tune of, what, $50 million? 48. 48 million, like, stable you know usdc or whatever right well uh, is that 48 USDC. now or 48 last week uh <laughs> well so this no so the size of the outstanding loan was always like 48 i guess oh duh, uh, whereas stables. like the collateral may have started yeah, yeah, it, the collateral yeah, started yeah, like yeah. 90 right? right but uh so uh as the value of phantom went down from an all-time high of three and a bit to the its current low of like 70 cents um the loan was going to get liquidated right um this was an issue because the phantom like ecosystem despite early on having quite a bit of like developer activity and all that um and it was like it was very like community driven um recently it's just not really had a lot of action uh and so as a result not a lot of funds were on the blockchain Mm. to the point where there wasn't enough stable coins to pay back this loan. Oh my. Not only that, the Like loan, in the whole ecosystem, there's not enough stable coins. It, on the entire blockchain, the Phantom Opera blockchain. Oh my god. Um so uh like the the issue is that the original person couldn't even come close to like adding collateral or any of that because they took their stable coins, swapped them for other coins, which they then locked into these contracts for four years. Oh my god! So they have no access to those funds. They have right? no liquidity at all. No liquidity. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have some somewhere else, but like, yeah, not not on Phantom. Yeah. Um, clearly, nobody has the liquidity actually on, on Phantom. Phantom. They would have to bridge because the more cumulative assets. sum of stable coins outstanding there doesn't even like people have bridged them all out because they like what were you going to do in the phantom blockchain anyway dude so, just a quick yeah. little pause 
Vitalik was right the whole time. Oh, yeah. Vitalik is just always right. This guy is just such a god. All right, back to Phantom. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I was like, wait, the liquidity's not there. They're going to have to bridge more assets over there. The chain is already fucked. Nobody's going to bridge the assets. Yeah. Nobody's going to trust that bridge. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The L1 is dead. The L1 is dead. Um, You know... What is dead may never die. This was even just like the last nail in the coffin because it was dead before. Like it was already uh, dead. There was Once the, the whole Andre thing happened. Well, there was Andre and Daniele. Daniele Let's not forget, right? So Daniele they were. Rug. They were. Thing um, is, Andre also fully rugged, dude. It's, Andre Andre uh, he, handled it equally poorly. Uh, he, they, they they both blundered so hard. I was gonna here. say I think he handled it just a little bit better, but I think his actions were equally as bad. Yes, a hundred percent. He was a little smoother with yeah, the execution. Yeah, he's a little right? smoother with um, the exit, but. It's it's like, yeah, he's still rugged at a few hundred million. So they were hyping up like some like DeFi project that like Just doesn't new need, DeFi didn't stuff. need to exist. Exactly. It was like very Ponzi driven and have super high APY. That was the new like, narrative for the chain, and then they both just pulled out. Yeah, well, so uh, well, so Daniele, I think, kind of had to because it was discovered that he was collaborating with a like a convicted felon, yeah. uh, and and knew it, mm-hmm. and uh, still didn't say anything to the community about it, and that yeah. this guy had the I think it was the only signature uh, required to yeah. like move funds out of the treasury right mm-hmm. it wasn't even a multi-sig no. um and then he tweeted about it i believe in second chances guys yeah. like this isn't like i mean there's a netflix documentary about this guy now uh the quadriga guy yeah uh and uh this wasn't like someone who like was convicted of fraud and then suspected of like stealing a whole bunch of crypto from like an exchange that he was like uh co-founded right yeah um and then he tweets to the community, I believe in second chances, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So we had to like bury Daniele months ago. Um, then we buried Andre, who is another developer who's trying to build something that he already built kind of on Ethereum. And, and that- then he, in our very first uh, weekly recap, actually, uh, we talked about how Andre um, quit. Left. He said, I'm quitting crypto, I'm quitting DeFi, only to emerge several months later and say oh no i'm working on like what what did what would you call this like permission to defy uh where like everybody has to kyc or whatever i'm working with regulators to like build out a permissioned ecosystem yeah i'm like bro that's just that's just fi (laughs) that's not defy dude yeah Yeah, that's just yeah um Um, so then we had to bury him right yes Uh, so phantom has been taking l's for a bit is the takeaway here uh and with no apps to save it no compelling no liquidity. No like, compelling. Dude, if you can't gather fifty million bucks, that's insane. I mean, yeah, man. Fifty like, million is just like chump change on a lot of these chains. Yeah, you know, it's fascinating, right? Because people always talk about how, like, uh, you know, oh, it's so sketchy. Well, they used to talk about, oh, it's so sketchy. Or is Tether just printing up USDT to buy Bitcoin? Is it all big scam? Uh, you know, somebody could have printed fifty million somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like they could have even been open about it, right? Like the, you know, like at, look at Stargate Finance, right? Like you could have just been like, 100%. "This is the rescue phantom thing. This We're going to how... pay you a thousand percent APY, right?" To like mint up like you know algorithmic stables to like help pay this guy's thing back. Yes. Um, well, so that is what happened in in the end, right? Somebody uh, came in. Somebody and... came in and like helped to, or was trying to, but in the end it did get liquidated, yeah. or at least partially liquidated. Yeah, uh, and that causes causes you know a cascading liquidation mm-hmm. because the, it just sells off further, uh, and uh, to the point where really, I think we can bury Phantom. It is beyond dead. 
Like, there's not a single reason that anybody should use this. Like, I feel like I was a relatively early Phantom user, and I was using it, like, last summer, last summer and fall. And uh, I was kind of riding that wave. I used all the apps. It was fine. It's But if you're going to this level of trust, like, just to become a Phantom validator also requires you to have, like, a few hundred thousand Phantom or a million at, Phantom. At the time that I looked into it, it was about $4 million. $4 million. Yeah, to the point where, like, most <clears throat> of the validators that were validating by the time I looked at it had been validating since block one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and interestingly... The validators here were pretty sophisticated. They were doing a lot of MEV. So yeah. uh, so in almost every block, you would see one or multiple transactions submitted by an account that was like in some way connected to the miner or mm-hmm. to the validator. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was like, you know, super common to see people, you know, arbing like USDT, USDC between Spooky Swap and Spirit Swap, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, so as bearish as can possibly be. Listen, man, the bears won on this one. <laughs> R.I.P. Phantom. Yeah, man, it was a good run. May we never bridge to you again. May we never speak of you again. Quick question: Do you think this is also? Are we burying the alt layer one thesis here? So this is what I think is way more interesting. I kind of think so, right? Like. If we look at this now, you, you think about Bitcoin, right? Everybody was thinking about this whole idea of like, okay, Bitcoin transactions are getting way too expensive because everybody's using the chain. Oh, we need Lightning. Oh, we need, uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, the thing that Blockstream made, uh, Liquid. We yeah, need, yeah. Uh, you know, all these things. And then in the end, it turned out like, you know what? Like, you don't really need to transact that much on-chain uh, you just kind of have this as a store value and then whatever you move on, right? Like with Ethereum, I don't think it'll be that exact thing, but I think like most people are like, well, you know what? The exact Ethereum on-chain transactions, it doesn't have to be that, it doesn't have to be every single thing, right? Most of that stuff can be abstracted away, whether it is to like just one L2 or like maybe two or, uh, uh, or like some one Altel one system. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Basically, it can the low value stuff can all just move to like one or two secondary systems, right? And then all of the high value stuff can stay on main chain. So maybe like big NFT transfers, um, you know, just like sending uh, funds, things like that can go on the main chain. Uh, all the DeFi transactions, all of the um like big like nft sweeps or uh, you know i don't know exactly how it would play out or like game stuff like that would all go to you know these whatever the solution becomes whether that actually becomes an alt layer one or an l2 like i i, I see avalanche is like much more kind of like a solution you know where it is an alt layer one, but it's it's got a reason to exist, if you ask me, because yeah. of like the subnets and things like that, right? Same what, with Solana. Actually, what are the closest comparisons to Phantom? Let's let's run through them real quick. Uh, Ooh, so Phantom, Harmony. Phantom, legitimately just a copy paste of Ethereum with no differentiation whatsoever, except that like there was less transaction volume happening there, and they didn't really have NFTs, and mm. so like gas prices were lower, right? Mm. Uh, 
Harmony relatively. No, Harmony is like okay. I, yeah. I didn't know you were talking about like the actual technicals. Yeah, yeah. I just, was thinking just, just like in just terms of like narrative and, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, you know okay. what? You know what else is a, uh, pretty much just copy paste of Ethereum? Um. Hold on. Let me think. Definitely not Avalanche. Definitely not Solana. Definitely not Near. Definitely not. Uh, you got to think further Binance down. Smart further chain. down the top thirty. Well, um, Binance Smart Chain a little bit. It's right? not. It's built on Cosmos SDK. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, it's basically just an EVM. It is. It, it is. It's yeah, EVM yeah, compatible sure. blockchain. Like but Avalanche. They have their own least, consensus. Avalanche at least has differentiation in the subnet part. For sure. Like uh, I, I wouldn't count like. Uh, uh, the consensus protocol is like having like a meaningful impact on like what is possible on the blockchain. Oh, Tron. Uh, oh, wait, really? Huh? Wait, is it not a? I don't know. Uh, I've no. I don't know anything about. I Tron. think so. Dude, Polygon. Oh. Polygon. Similarly, just copy paste of Ethereum, right? Uh, Interesting. So, how did they make the gas fees zero? Um. Just one validator. Maybe higher gas limits. You're like nobody wants to transact there. Nobody cares to. So, uh, I don't, and I, I want to say they also make it cheaper for failed transactions. Where like, oh. they, yeah, uh, like you don't consume as much gas for failed transactions as you do on Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's basically it's just an EVM compatible blockchain. There's no like subnet situation yet on uh, on Polygon, right? Uh, yeah. They're, they're working on their supernets the or whatever. Supernets. But uh, I mean, the tech there is still kind of, kind of unclear, to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, and so uh, like. I think for these, like, copy-paste of Ethereum, like, the things that are just an EVM-compatible, like, monolithic blockchain, uh, like, can't, uh, why do they exist, right? Uh, And you really have to bury the thesis on those as, like, I mean, you you were the one that asked me this when I bought uh, one, the Harmony native token. Mm -hmm. You're like, bro, how many alt-layer one EVM-compatible blockchains do we need? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, like, maybe one. The answer is ideally zero, maybe one or two. Yeah, right? I think I think really zero. I think what we need is EVM compatibility in a more scalable blockchain to begin with. So Avalanche has this. Solana will have this with the Neon Labs. Dude, EVM. I'm not going to lie. I'm so Neon Labs pilled now. Wow, like, really? I fully get it. Huh. Yeah, I'm like, wow. Solana, but... Or Ethereum, but on Solana. Wow. Yeah. It's perfect. It would would work great, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think like, I was just thinking about my own usage, right? Now it's moving more towards just kind of buying and holding NFTs, buying and holding ETH. Not, you know, I'll experiment with stuff, but I just don't find most of the stuff coming out that interesting, right? So even my own usage has really changed. God, dude, New York has really changed. There's a mosquito in my house. Mm. Uh, the weather. Uh, <laughs> so um, my own usage is tending towards that stuff. But then if I want to play a game or something like that, now every game is also now moving to its own chain. And, you know, AVAX is kind of trying to dominate that space where, like, you have each game going towards its own chain, something like that, right? Which that model I totally ride with i think that makes a lot of sense uh and i can see that being the future but also if i wanted to interact with some kind of DeFi protocol which you know to my knowledge like composability is a big part of that right like if i can use all these protocols on solana um with the zero transaction fees like i'm okay going into that environment and doing these like low value transactions until i get comfortable and then eventually kind of scaling up the amount of money i put in there right whereas for the stuff that i want to be completely certain about and secure like want to secure like that'll be main chain 
Main, um, main Ethereum. Main Ethereum chain. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I completely agree. Yeah, like I think, I think we're kind of getting to this uh, consensus, right? It's like AVAX, you know, Solana and Ethereum. Uh, I think those are kind of like the three main L1s that we need. Like, I don't think we really need anything else. Yeah. You could argue we don't even need those three, but like those three, I feel like if you have, you can basically do anything, right? Within yeah, crypto. I mean, well, so there's enough like market making funds making enough money in Solana, in the Solana ecosystem mm-hmm. that like they need Solana, right? Uh, right. Uh, need, need in quotes there, but like, you know, they, yeah, like you're talking in, about something like jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. still in their best interest to like use Solana. Absolutely. Um, and I, I can't see that changing anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, then you, ha- and you know, they have a fair amount of institutional buy-in as well there. Right. Uh, and you compare that to phantom where you can't even raise $50 million yeah, to I mean, bail out something that could threaten the whole chain. Well, yeah. And I mean, look, there was this big issue, which was that like, you couldn't buy native phantom as far as I know anywhere, uh, not on a centralized exchange. Yeah. Uh, so you had to bridge, yeah. uh, and, uh, then you have to trust that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. like I just think that, like, uh, I think centralized exchange support is massive. Uh, and, you know, Solana and Avalanche have that, right? Uh, Definitely for this kind of institutional um, level funding, for sure. You yeah. need the centralized exchange. Um, okay. Dude, we didn't even touch on America's favorite segment. The FOMO of the week. The FOMO of the week. Do you, do you have one? I have one. There's not a lot of FOMOs in the market. I was going to say, I have one, but uh, it's not a great one. <laughs> so we both have NFTs. If you didn't know, this is an NFT podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had the Ragnaroks. So my FOMO is the Ragnaroks. Ragnarok Meta is this new NFT project, kind of RPG game roadmap situation these things have been kind of around on Twitter for like six or so months now. Um, they've been doing a lot of like story building, lore creation uh, type of stuff on Twitter, on their website, um, and just kind of doing a lot of promotion as well. Kind of, uh, kind of a red flag, right? Yeah, kind of a red flag. I was a little bit concerned initially. Like because, promoted, like sponsored tweets? Yeah, like sponsored tweets. I would wow. see all that stuff and I was like a Dude, little concerned. Dude, I keep concerned. asking if we should sponsor tweets for the podcast. Yeah, I know. Maybe we should at some point. Can we at least sponsor um, LinkedIn? Well, we should at least make some posts. We don't even post. We should start tweeting again. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> step one. Yeah, step one, we should just tweet. No, let's just go back and um, sponsor the old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sponsor the ones that like literally are... Yeah, no, no, actually, we should, we should. At some yeah, point, yeah. we should, um, um, but... So, uh, okay, so sponsored posts, a little bit, little bit of a red flag, but, like, uh, but overall, like, uh, the, the previews look pretty cool, right? Yeah, um, so the Mint happened a couple of days, or maybe last week. Uh, it was a 0. 0.7 uh, 7 ETH uh, Mint, so kind of expensive, but they minted out. Uh, they, they're playing into this whole 7 thing, so there's 7,777... Uh, Ronins is what they're called. Those are like the Genesis kind of character NFTs for the Ragnarok Meta Project. Those things will unlock a lot of things in their kind of world. Um, yeah, the entry point is to have a character. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, so what are they? What are they? So they minted out at point seven seven. Yeah. Uh, and what are they going for now? 
Right now, the floor price is 2.74. Wow. Yeah. So, nice 2 ETH gain. Uh, the art is still unrevealed. So, right now, you can just see this kind of, like, animated uh, little, like, uh, kind of creation, like, GIF. It's very cool. It looks really nice. I like the art a lot. They kind of have that Azuki vibe-ish a little bit. More kind of, like, RPG style, for sure. Um I mean, I was digging around their website code just to, like, take a look at, like, how technically, uh, like, capable their team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, interestingly, like, there's these characters on the website where like, they'll be, like, moving, tapping their foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are not just, like, GIFs. They're actually, like, full three-dimensional, like, characters rendered in 2D on the Whoa, website. that's like, cool. Like, tapping their foot and stuff, yeah. Okay, so, so they've yeah. really kind of had, you know, they've been building. Feels like they've been building, yeah. Wow, that's um, cool. Dude, I saw their roadmap, and it's, like... They're shipping. They're they're planning to ship the full game by June. Yeah. And there's like five steps before then too, and then they're gonna do a bunch of other stuff later this year. So I'm generally pretty bullish on this project still, but I do think that post reveal there will be a little dip. Cause and that's when you that's when you buy the dip. Yeah, buy the dip. I'll probably try and scoop one up then. Maybe try and scoop two up then. Uh, try and maybe snipe a rare and then grab a normal or uh, yeah, I don't know who knows. But yeah, uh, I mean it's it's really interesting, right? Because uh, it's a game five project, mm-hmm. which I'm usually just you know bullish on for two weeks and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the rest of I time. mean I might be bullish on this for two are weeks. We, are we pre two weeks here? Um, pre two weeks in the sense that we're, like we're pre the two week period. Like we're yeah, early, we're early sure. to this one. I'm I really, think we're early in this early one. Early to a game five project. Yeah. Well, I was early jewel. That still didn't work out. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, we'll see. Post-reveal, I think they're all... My thing with the post-reveal dips is with 10,000 of anything, there will always be some people who are disappointed. Yeah. Right? You go to a concert of 10,000 people, some people won't like it. doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I'm just trying to buy that dip. What's your FOMO of the week? My FOMO of the week is uh, also an NFT. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is really interesting. Um, my FOMO of the week is Doodles. Oh, baby. Which is like, what? Dude, yeah. don't they always just trade it like exactly yeah, 22 I, I haven't seen them move around at all. Isn't, isn't it a fixed-priced auction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought Doodles was the stable coin of NFTs. <laughs> Basically. It's 20 ETH always. <laughs> um, t- 22, I think, is has been the roughly the state for... Well, at least that's where it is now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 22.5 or something. So... Uh-huh. Um, Here's how it all went down. A lot of people wanted to get into the ape ecosystem so that they could like mint one of these, you know, other side land pieces, right? Um, and so there was like sort of a flooding of the market with other projects so that people could have some liquidity, right? right. Like markets are down, people don't have a lot of liquid assets. So, you know, the flight to safety in the ape land in the ape land. Well, you know, people want to take advantage here. Right. And so they uh, they sold projects that had done well, uh, like doodles uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, used that ETH to buy this like uh, to buy into the ape ecosystem and do the stories all this time. Yeah. And then uh, and then they quickly bought back. They sold their apes because, holy shit, the land drop was a mess. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they bought back into the doodles. So. This all happened over the course of like Friday to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and so Friday morning, I want to say, or midday, uh, doodles were at like 18 ETH. Mm. Um, and uh, and I was like, this is too much for a doodle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I didn't buy it, but now they're back up to like 22.5. Okay, uh, and nice. it was just like, it was an extremely like, 
in retrospect, it was extremely clear what was going on. Yeah. But in, you know, at the time I didn't realize, I just thought everything was selling off because the market was selling off. Right. Right. Um, so my FOMO of the week is, uh, not buying a doodle. Dude. Strong FOMO. First of all, secondly, it's so interesting that the NFT market, you know, like people always just talk about like Bitcoin is uncorrelated, crypto is uncorrelated. It seems like the NFT market actually is uncorrelated to like everything else, you know? You'll see times when crypto is down and NFT is still up, or at least like blue chips NFT is still up, you know? you see like Dow Jones down, NFTs up, you know, or, or vice versa. Um, and then you also see like these things within the ecosystem, like you can see this fresh new set of money where it's like they're only trading within this ecosystem. Like the money's not leaving. If it leaves ever, it might go to a true flight to safety when it goes to ETH. Like I really, really believe that like this new wave of money is NFT only and they would only ever leave to go into ETH. Like, they wouldn't even go into stables. Like, a lot of normal crypto people are like, okay, I'm in crypto or I'm in stables. I think NFT people are like, I'm in NFTs or I'm in ETH. Yeah. You know, like, I think most people are not thinking like, okay, I'm going into stables now. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it just a, a really interesting dynamic to me now um, that's formulated around this industry. And it's really representing what crypto was in the early days. And I wasn't even around for like the 2013 cycle, but... From everything that I've heard from people that were, like, this is kind of what it was then. Hmm. So you were just, like, buying and selling altcoins in an effort to get more Bitcoin. Uh, here you're buying and selling JPEGs in an effort to get more ETH or, or NFTs that are worth more ETH. Uh, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's more just that, like... Where, like, ETH is the safe asset. That's the one you stock, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, like, you're... Uh, you're doing these NFT trades in an effort to like get more ETH. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, I think it's that, but it's also just a lot more like personal, you know, hmm. where it's like, yeah, I think it's like, I think I guess what I mean more is that like it's this new ecosystem forming like in 2013, it kind of became clear that there was this new ecosystem forming within um, – like the crypto, like the new crypto industry, right? Where it's like just like a new set of money that's not going to leave crypto. So in a sense, it's the same thing that you're saying. It's like, yeah, these people, like if they ever like go from uh, back in 2013, if they're ever going from like, I don't know what existed back then at this Bitcoin point. like to Dogecoin? Yeah, to Dogecoin, Litecoin. Litecoin, Litecoin like, they'll guess, just yeah. like swap back, you know? Like they won't go back into actual US dollars. You couldn't even do stables back then, yeah, right? Yeah. But like they're staying in the ecosystem. And now it's like kind of the same thing. Like people are not leaving the ecosystem. Yeah, you play the game within, yeah. within the game. Yeah, exactly. So huh. what, bullish uh, really ETH, buy as much ETH as you can. Dude, bullish. This is financial advice. Bullish JPEGs, right? Because yeah, for sure bullish JPEGs. Because there's so much less correlated. I mean, the market's fascinating, right? Like, yeah. I've started to, like, really do some research here recently. And, oh, my God. Like, basically, if you need liquidity on a JPEG, you have to undercut the floor. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody else is needs liquidity at the same time, like, if there's correlation in the liquidity demand, mm -hmm. it's just a race to the bottom it's a full on the cascade. selling side. Yeah, exactly. Dude, um, beans are at four again. Uh, beans are at four. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, dude, they they uh, they've actually held the most stable JPEG in the ecosystem over the last twenty four hours. Uh, they were at like three point eight last I checked. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they rode back up to almost five. Wait, when? Yeah, what? yesterday. What? Yeah, dude, they rode back up to like four nine. Man, what an what an amazing 
marketplace. What an amazing market, dude. Yeah. It's too much fun. Love NFTs, man. So much Love fun. Love NFTs. Love JPEGs. R. I think we've got to wrap it R. right R. there. R.I.P.L. ones. R.I.P.L. ones. <laughs> Bullish JPEGs. Yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. This has been another decent recap. We will be back next week with our decent deep dive. Have a great weekend, everybody. Till then, stay decent. Uh, none of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, if you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, until next time, stay decent. <laughs>